Jerry Springer, 1999. Darling, what else do you need? There's more. On New Year's Eve, I'm going to be doing Gangbang 2000. Gangbang 2000. You're listening to Orgy's Story, a podcast about group sex. This is season two, episode one, Gangbangs. A quest to understand them. Thanks for listening. This is my life. This is what I want to do. I want you to be involved with me. I want you to be. I want you to you want be me there to, with me. You want me to be there? What do you mean, be there? I want you to be the 2000th guy. Shout out to Sabrina Johnson for two things. One, celebrating Y2K in such a profound way and two demonstrating along with Jerry Springer a very creative example of telling your spouse you want to be gangbanged full disclosure I've never been in a gangbang so in an effort to explore the topic greater I talked to some people who have been in a lot of gangbangs okay um two dates um, the Dark Spartans Club is, is proud to have hosted 87 gangbangs successfully. I mean, normally a gangbang lasts uh, up to four hours, and I've done 29 of them So, at this point in the last three years. So. And back by popular demand, the doctor. Yeah, interestingly, the, uh, the founder of the Proud Boys... Um, came after me just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, um, that was back in November, and he somehow he somehow found out about the show like months later, and decided to spend about a week threatening me. It was uh, it was an interesting experience. Welcome back to Orgy Story. Okay. My research to better understand gangbangs started by noticing on a few of my favorite adult social networking sites its prevalence everywhere, just globally. And then I stumbled upon a very long, very helpful blog post from 2013 entitled Gangbang 101, a guide to doing your first gangbang. Very subtly titled. You can find the link in the episode description, along with a nearly complete, wait for this word, bibliography of everything in this episode. But I'd like to invite a co-host to read to you the opening paragraph of this article by At Slut Lessons, as I think it's brilliant and it helps us frame the episode. A great many women, and people for that matter, have a fantasy of being the center in a gangbang. An event where several people are fucking one person simultaneously, or in a train. And though many have this on their sexual bucket list, very few actually go through with it. For a variety of reasons. 
this article, along with a Pornhub 2019 aggregate search article revelation that showed the women of Vermont, it was their number one pornographic search, led me to a conclusion. This is a much more common fantasy than I am aware of. The article by At Slut Lessons goes on to encourage all readers to ask, is this something I want to do? With you by my side, Orgy Story audience, let's answer the question. And to begin, I'm going to call a sex friend and ask if they've been gangbanged. Hang on. Slay friend number one. Woo! You have experience in this world. Have you ever been to a gangbang or been the source of one? I have never done that. I'm I'm trying to work my way up there. Like start with some like MMF action, which I still never done. But that sounds like a blast, honestly. So that's a my follow up question. I I love talking to openly slutty people. We're just way more we're way more fun about <laughs> these things. Everyone else to lie to you about sex, not us. Uh, so you'd be interested. You're kind of like, oh, it's definitely on my sex agenda. Yeah, though that's not on my like to do this year agenda. That's like my to do this decade agenda. Okay, I realize she's a no. I'm a no. Luckily. Wood Rocket Production asked some adult film stars. Thanks, Wood Rocket on YouTube. Gang bag? Oh, oh, gang bang. Okay, I was like, what's a gang bag? I have. I've done a gang bang for my website called Pizza That Ass. I was a cheerleader. No, I will one day, but I have never been gang banged. I have been in many gangbangs. I've been two gangbangs. Yes, uh, I have done a gangbang before. Unfortunately, I've not been in a gangbang yet. I've never been in a gangbang, but I've heard they're crazy. I have never done a gangbang. I would love to do a gangbang, but I don't know that anyone really does gangbangs without anal, and I don't do anal yet. I don't know if I'll do anal, but if I do anal, I would love to do a gangbang. I have done only one gangbang on camera. I have in my personal life. There was like eight guys, 12 guys for me. Um, but I haven't done one on film. Thank you, ladies. And thank you, Wood Rocket. I would like to transition to our first expert. Mastermind behind the Dark Spartans. All around fantastic human being to have a conversation with Mr. C.R. Mills. But what makes for a great gangbang experience? Whether you're a group of men gangbanging a woman, trans to trans to straight, straight to trans, men to men, women to men. What makes, in your opinion, a good gangbang? Okay. Um, to date, um, the Dark Spartans Club is, is proud to have hosted 87 game bangs successfully um, with, with minimal. Damn, that's a lot. I want to say this to people. That's not a few game bangs. 87 is arguably as many as anyone's thrown in the United States. Go on. Yeah, we, we've been at it. And they've been multiple, multiple levels, bro. Like I said, there's not, um, we, 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 we count everyone. 
from the three to one, the two to one, you know, um, double penetration. Um, we, we count them all running out of the club, and we've been at it for quite some time. What makes our our events um, successful is the energy. Um, when you come to a Dark Spartan event, you're looking for that intensity, that sexual intensity. Um, you're looking for that 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 rawness. Um, if you looked at any of the commercials that we we put out there um, for the Dark Spartans and, and the club um, events, we kind of try to you know capture that that intensity, that raw sexual um, intensity, and and fun. Um, the, the ability to just come and, and be the sexual you. And women, when when women are in, in tune and intact with their sexuality, and when they know that this is what they want and what they like, um, like you said earlier in, in the conversation, or oh, when we were talking um, earlier um, before we, 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 we went into recording, um, women want to feel comfortable um, anybody want to feel comfortable being them sexually? You know, if this, yeah. this is what if this is what they want, um, provide a space, um, and that's that's the best. Again, bro, the the biggest push and forefront um, of what we do, man, is safety, um, being safe um, with our game bank. Um, and that's and, and that mostly fun. has to do with the main participant. And that's that's kind of what I you're kind of focused specifically on who's getting bang gang banged and then the participants. Yes. CR spends his time on the side of the banger. There is a voice even more intricate to the experience than any other, really, the person wanting the bang. I caught up with rock band gangbang artist Ray Ray in her hotel right before her March Colorado Springs event. Just arrived at the Hyatt house where I'm going to go interview Ray Ray if I can get to her. You are hosting a gangbang tonight and I want to give people some context into this because you're about to embark on a hundred man Australia bang. So this is a big scale. This is not small scale, but tell, give us an idea how many guys at one point What's the most, the most I've ever done. Yeah. Um, 31, 31. Yes. Damn. And that was in Denver. So sounds right. Our yeah. home base and easily yes. one of the horniest cities. It is. I, I thought I would break it in Portland, but I didn't. So what why Colorado do you think I'm a little curious you've spent a few trips here you're back after not many months um yeah I was in New Zealand for a year okay and uh I think Colorado because it's more liberal it's more open to this sort of thing so weed horniness yeah uh it's just a great environment I've done multiple 20 plus gangbang guy gangbangs here so okay you're at a gangbang what makes it great what makes it just fantastic for me um so I'm kind of like a video game so I have like a level so I really like cum I like cum a lot like all over my face all over my body so the more cum I get the more motivated I am to keep going 
but the exact opposite can happen. So if a guy takes a really long time to come, then I get frustrated and okay. I no longer want to keep going. So the gangbangs that I've done where guys come quickly and we get through them quickly are my favorite. I'm seeing the video game reference <laughs> also. So there's like a level. Like the more come I get, the happier I am, the more motivated I am. But uh, the longer it takes you to come, like if I have 10 guys in the room and you take 20 minutes, I have nine other people to get to, then I get frustrated. So. Okay. So it's somewhat sort of like a, a come based point system early. <laughs> it is. And yeah. that can carry momentum, I imagine. Well, with 31 people, how many people are about to, I guess? Or is that when it's a little bit more of a waiting game? So I don't do 31 guys at once. A lot of people think that I do. Okay. That's, uh, that doesn't happen. I think once, uh, I think it was a few years ago, I did 27 guys, and that was like continuously. Um, but normally how I set them up now is like 10 guys per hour. So guys sign up for like an hour slot. So like seven to eight, eight to nine, and then they show up for their hour slot and then they leave. Okay. I saw your list and we'll give a little bit of intro about you as the interview is being developed, but you have a really copious rules list, which we fundamentally support and advise we read ours for the orgy we hosted in season one and it's a lot of the same notes of like shower uh, be oh screened gosh. be tested yes. the shower one is a surprising one we have to mention to a lot of I know the the gentlemen uh, <laughs> if we're being more honest it is usually guys that struggle yes. in this category what makes an orgy bad uh, well for me it's the if you take a really long time so like I have, let's say I'm going to do 50 guys. I have 50 guys I have to get to. If you take half an hour, then then I only have half an hour to get to the other nine guys. So you need to come and be prepared to come quickly. Um, you're willing, you can come again, um, but, you know. This is a rarity, too, <laughs> that guys are encouraged to come quickly. So. It's just not the norm in terms of, so you're saying if you're coming to a gangbang, and I think it's something people worry about orgy gangbang wise, like how should I come sexually? Should I come prepared to F for the night or in your experience, a little quicker is better. So I'm one of those women that doesn't like to have sex forever. I am happy with quickies all day long. I'd much rather have quickies all day than have sex all day long. All right. Like, um, so Short like. Short bursts. 15, 20 minutes, I'm happy. And then we can go again in like 10 minutes, but you know, quickies all the way, so. You've turned this in and I've now gotten the chance to also meet your partner in crime as, as I'll describe him, sort of like the road show. I have been trying to quantify how I'm, who I'm interviewing and how I would describe what you do. And I came upon sort of rock band for orgies because you are selling some content you are making some professional versions but you're also doing this as like a come to your favorite city and be a part of this gangbang was it something you just love doing before when when do you take it from something that you know about and enjoy to something you become a traveling rock show for so i'll tell you about the first gangbang i did kind of explains it so I had only done three sums up to this point, so I had only done two guys and myself. And then there was a woman that I knew, her and her partner, who I'd been with. I'm also into women, kind of. Shout out to the um, ladies. 
Um, but uh, she was doing a gangbang, and she had a thing for black guys. Um, so she was doing a gangbang with 12 black guys. And she's like, you can come watch and see if you like it. And then she let me join, and it was just natural. I took all the guys, and I loved it. And I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. So you did have an epiphany gangbang experience. I did, yep. We could not talk about this sex act without Dr. David Lay, clinical psychologist, sex therapist, shaman of the modern world, world-renowned for his ability to help contextualize conversations like the one we're having. Here is Dr. David Lay on what speaks to him about gangbangs and a few more questions. Um, well, you know, I was, I was reviewing some research uh, just the other day, actually, that was published that, that looked at um, uh, males and females interested in group sex or, or, and uh, found that, as, as none of us would be surprised by, women who were interested in group sex with multiple men were shamed and stigmatized far more than men who were interested in group sex with multiple women. Or uh, if a woman was interested in group sex with another woman and a man, that was okay. But it is the you know, it's the ultimate kind of act of, of sort of slut shaming. Um, you know, if a woman is is interested in, in multiple men, the uh, we have to. I think we have to recognize though that um, some of that is about intimidation. It's about you know intimidation of female sexuality because you know how many how many women women can one guy really satisfy. Um, and yet female sexuality, uh, you know, does not have some of those physiological limitations that male sexuality does. And on average, I I hope it's even a one to one ratio. I worry it's like, uh, on average, you please 25% of one woman a year. It's like, oh shit. (laughs) Um, but the, and so I think that there is some of that. There is some of this intimidation of female sexuality and also some attempt to kind of control female sexuality. Um, the One of the other things, though, there um, – we have to consider that idea of kind of sperm competition that – the presence of other men and other male sexual cues triggers and spurs greater levels of sexual excitement, enthusiasm, competition in men, and that that is not just a psychological phenomenon, but a but a physiological one. There's you know there's research that you know demonstrates that when a man watches pornography with multiple men and a single woman, his ejaculate uh, contains more sperm and he ejaculates harder and he gets erect again sooner with the idea that those cues are triggering him to you know, want to compete and get more boys out on the playing field, the playing field being her vagina, to compete with the sperm of other men. The the really interesting thing, you know, we're talking about, you know, gangbang, modern kind of gangbang stuff, but... Uh, 
a fascinating kind of aspect of this is that the history of the gangbang is actually really, really long. And, you know, and, and, and some of it's good and some of it's bad. I mean, there, there's even a, you know, a, a story of gangbang in the Bible when um, uh, I think it's Lot. I was like, offers, what chapter was that again? For right. For those right. of us that might um, not have remembered. Pick up the Bible again. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think um, it's a uh, lot uh, happens on these two angels that are going to be attacked by a crowd. And he offers his daughters to the crowd to be gangbanged so that the crowd won't um, attack and kill these angels. Um, and that's certainly true. Tr- triggering and, 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 and challenging. But in Siberia, there was this fascinating um, marital rite that on the honeymoon night, the new bride had sex with all of her husband's male relatives. And the evolutionarily, right. you know, you, something to consider for the world. Right? Yeah. Right. Schedule that in Siberia. Yeah. They talk and, about the cake cutting. They don't, yeah, but if you think about it, they um, what they were doing there was ensuring that any children would be genetically related to that male husband, whether he was fertile or not. Okay. Oh, different times. Okay, and historically, this is a little bit of what I want to talk about because the second thing that struck me was how vast this is. The history, before I hit you with some of the numbers I have from some popular porn search engines about like just how many categories and like on average how many gangbang videos, which um, I find kind of fascinating given the the whole amount of videos I was able to do some some basic stuff on. Historically, it doesn't feel like this has ever not been present because even in terms of the way you hear it described, it's sort of tribal and ritualistic now to varying degrees of being able to customize it your pleasure, but historically, give us a few fun notes outside of the Siberia. I mean, how far back? Like, are you able to see this through multiple periods or... Um, it, you know, my, uh, it sounds like a self-promotion. My, my last book, ethical porn for dicks, um, I illustrated it with what I call petro porn, these, um, dirty p- pornographic rock carvings from around the world. Some of them thousands of years old. And in there, I include this one, uh, this one picture of, um, uh, gangbangs carved on the rocks. Um, actually, there were multiple of them. There are gangbangs carved on rocks in China that are probably 5,000 years old. There are some carved on rocks here in New Mexico that are, you know, 500 to 2,000 years old. Um, that kind of sexuality um, has certainly been present um, for as long as, well, as long as we have. Um, and Again, I, I think the complicated piece and, and the thing that we're really kind of exploring now is historically was that about, um, you know, masculine, um, you know, uh, competition? Was it about treating, you know, the women as property? Certainly, you know, gang rapes is something that we have to kind of consider here is related to that history. But what we're what what we're exploring and talking about now, which I find really, really compelling, is flipping that that script. And now 
looking at it in terms of the female pleasure, the female experience, where the female is really now kind of driving this as opposed to, you know, her, you know, well, as opposed to guys running a train on a girl. Now the woman is pulling the train because she's got the engine. Oh, I'm going to use narrator powers and interrupt Dr. Lay because he just struck a chord about something that Ray Ray had said to me when I asked her a question about, well, here, here's the clip. The reason I like talking about gangbangs, and one of the things I've noticed is it's also female empowering. And as a subject, do you feel empowered during these? Because to me, there's also a feminist angle to being... Oh, yeah. I feel super empowered, and I like to be the center of attention. So that's great. (laughs) I get to be at these events. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm in the middle of the room, and they're all looking at me, and I get to perform and make them all feel good. And and they all come here for me, which makes me feel great and really humbled. So There's an energy to it. Yeah. Oh. Okay, we are only halfway through here. We've got a. I want to get more to our panel, but I needed a minute to digest everything we've learned and everything we've heard. These are popular, and if you're enjoying what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us, Orgy Story, on Instagram. Tell a friend, keep the ship afloat. And just to add a little bit of uh, a little bit of a break, I want to go back to calling. I'm going to call a set of friends. This is a couple who was actually somewhat featured once upon a orgy as the architects. Let's just. I'm going to call them and see uh, if they've been uh, part of a a gangbang. Let's one moment. Screaming the intro. You have radio voice all of a sudden. This is Wit and Kevin. We're doing friend interview two. We are. We are interviewee virgins. We are mm-hmm. ready to rock and roll. Have you been the center point of a gangbang? I have not. Um, not in any way that I would specify it, especially as a gangbang. Um, definitely have been in instances where it's like I'm the only female, so to speak, in a more than one male situation, right? And that that the focus or the, uh, what do you want to say, the emphasis of attention has been on me. But in terms of what I would say as a gangbang, no, I have not. Um, Not against it, but I have not. Is it, that's the, you're preluding, would you? Sorry. Yeah, I think in, in that instance, um, with you something could, like that, would you need to pick the guys? Like, what are your conditions? Because you you're usually you've th- you're thought out lady. I am. No, that's that's one hundred percent true. Uh, what were you? Saying? Well, I think that that's a question. I mean, if, if you're asking me the same question, I don't, I don't know. Is, do we have a number? Have you been to one first? I he, well, it's he small. Had. It's small. Like there, he kind of was. It was a three to one ratio. Gangbang. Counts. Okay. It's beyond MMF. It's three to one. Yeah, yeah. He definitely, he definitely has. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, it was sold as, and that's what the lady wanted. So it was, it was that was the intent. Oh, but you were so you weren't the recipient. You were a participant. I was a participant. Yes. 
distributing said gangbang nest activity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, that's uh, why I called. Th- I talked to three friends. One of them has, and one of them kind of has, through <laughs> through attrition. Close. You know what? In celebration, screw it. Let's listen to a little bit more of Wood Rockets. Ask a porn star. Explain what a gangbang is. A gangbang is a whole lot of guys and one girl. It would be one pretty little princess like me with like multiple guys fucking me. Like, more than two. It'd have to be me and more than three guys. Normally five or six guys. A handful of men, maybe three. I think three and upwards, yeah, that counts as a gangbang. More than four people. One girl and five guys, or one girl and 12 guys, or just whatever the number might be. And they all take turns and destroy her, some at the same time. Everyone just kind of has at it. Penetrate in every hole you could possibly find. You know, two dicks in a hole, two dicks in another hole, one dick here, one dick there. Yeah, you know, even the ear. I once I'm like, are you coming? Are you coming? Any hole you can put it in, basically. Just fucking the best day of someone's life. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much discuss your do's and your don'ts and hey, you know, if I'm gonna do a signal or anything, but they're pretty, they're usually pretty cool if you discuss all that in the beginning. I was a pizza delivery girl and I forgot one of the pizzas, so I let the boys fuck me in exchange. And then I actually just shot my second gangbang ever, also for my website, which is going to be a Christmas gangbang. And the biggest one I did in my personal life was a birthday present I asked my friends for. Honestly, when I hear them explain it, I don't even know why I'm trying. Just once again, go watch that clip from Woodwocket as Kaporn star. All right, let's return to our panel with rock show gangbang artist Ray Ray. Because the part of you and I were chatting about this beforehand, I was trying to impress you with my limited research knowledge. Pornhub says one third of women are looking at this, they're seeking it out. It's something they would like to experience. I'm not sure women are necessarily ready to attend one, but you're an entertainer as well. How do you kind of suggest that people get into it if they're if they're curious? So my advice for women or husbands or boyfriends wanting to set up an event for their partner, the first one is start slow. So first do a threesome and see if she's comfortable with that. And then add guys. So or like he's do, comfortable with or that. Or he's comfortable I mean, with that. You really, both, yeah. <laughs> where we are yeah. in the partnership. Yes. You both have to be very comfortable in that opening your relationship. So first talk about it and then do a threesome. See if you both like it. And then gradually add guys from there. So do five guys and then eight and then ten. Or just stop whenever it's good for you. You're like, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah, I um, guess. The next advice is you have to have someone in your corner. So I have my partner who organizes events. He supports me. He's my security. He makes sure guys don't do certain things and they leave when they're supposed to. Um, Without that, I could not do these events. So that's a big thing is make sure you have a friend or your partner or someone that's looking out for you and is going to support you. And then the third thing is sexual health. So you cannot do these things without being safe. So I always use condoms unless people are properly tested. And my standard for testing is very strict 
for unprotected sex. So I would imagine, especially, and that is a popular question, right? What what type of protection? And for example, for tonight's event, it's condoms for the for the men that are joining. Yes, um, I even use protection for oral if a guy hasn't been tested within the last two months. So. Okay, so two months is about the range. Yeah. All right, and. It, I usually that's kind of mine when I'm just living a normal orgy slutty lifestyle as it is. It's like a two to three month mm-hmm. strongly recommended. Yeah, you should be getting tested regardless, like every quarter. And we can get in. I'll I'll hit this subject because it's kind of coming up. Are there other dangers to this lifestyle, personally, professionally? Now that you're not just doing it as something sort of secretly on the side, but that your face is out there and you're a, a promoter of this. I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's potential security risks of people showing up and doing things they shouldn't or behaving badly. Luckily, I have my partner and he'll protect me. Um, my, if my family or any of my friends found out that I do this, um, that would be disastrous. Um, I'm sure we would get through it, but um, I prefer them not to find out. And then there's always the sexual health component, you know. I'm always putting myself at risk. Um, I minimize the risk as much as I can, but there's always a risk in that aspect. And I, speaking of, yeah, your partner, not a small human being, which is always helpful in terms of, which is a security risk, essentially. You have, have you had any moments where it's gotten a little dicey with some of the participants? I'm lucky I've never had anything super bad. Um, I've had some bad experiences after the fact with a few organizers getting crazy on me. Um, And I had one guy, I don't like being spat on, and I had one guy accidentally spat on my face. Um. I kind of just played it off, but I don't like that happening. Okay. So It is Besides, on the list. Yes. It's on the list. Yes. Besides that, um, nope, they've all been good. Uh, I think the main thing with gangbangs is there's so many men in the room that if someone was to act out, the other men would take care of it. That, interesting. So a little community self-check because in the sexual community has obviously changed quite a bit, but I would agree. I think you're going to get more people that, Really, this isn't a hidden lifestyle that they need to run away from. It's something they're more than happy to to be a part of communally, which yeah. is a huge difference. Yeah, it's crazy because if you have five guys in the room and one of them starts to act out, the four other ones are going to be like, that guy shouldn't be doing that, and they'll take care of it. Because I'm a small little woman. They're not going <laughs> to expect me to be like, go, go off on him. I mean, I'm not helpless, but, you know, I'm not as strong as, as a man. So Sure. And that was a big, I mean, those are kind of the the danger notes I had predicted. Any when it comes to where you're hosting, or are you usually? Um, it depends on the, the where you're hosting. There's always a risk there. Um, there are ways around letting the place you're staying at know you're doing events. Um, I had a very bad um, experience in New Zealand. I had a woman who was supposed to come uh, watch the event, she went straight up to the hotel desk and was like, I'm here for the party. Lovely. Um, and luckily, the person she was with played it off. She's, he's like, no, we're just having a meeting. Um, but no, you can't do that. You can't go to the front desk and be like, I'm here for the party or I'm here for that. You have to, you know, keep it super low key. Okay. Because most places only allow like two or three in the room. And I throw very large events. So... We have to strategically plan when guys come in and where they come in from. So, 
And for a night like tonight, how many human beings are we talking about? How many guys? It's uh, 10 or 11 guys. Okay. Which is, yeah, we're getting the fact check. Yeah, 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad for um, what's happening right now in the country, (laughs) (laughs) the climate. (laughs) Yeah, which I'll kind of round third on because originally uh, that was also going to be part of part of my interest was I was like, maybe I'll stay and enjoy this and experience it because I've certainly watched the video, the Oscar Mm -hmm. Mike shoot, which is a great shout out to anything that that people want to buy. Um, You can certainly find some of these videos online and they are worth every penny oh yeah no, thank it's you a, it's a compliment in terms of this obviously looks like something you're passionate about and you you put quite a bit of time and effort into which kind of gets me into did you have someone that was an influencer did you see someone making this model how did you get to the point um, um who was your your role model i don't i don't know how else to say it i don't know if i really had a role model i mean that one woman she let me join in and she had done a lot of events um so i asked her questions about that um and then we actually did a few events together which was great but really it was just me this is just who i am it's what i love to do and even though i'm doing it professionally now i would continue to do it recreationally regardless okay. um yeah, I would gladly travel the world everywhere and just get gangbanged. How do you do it? How do you travel the world? How do you decide where a location? You don't have to give away all your secrets. Uh, I assume we'll look for the book, The Art of the Gangbang. Um, <laughs> um, most of the time, it's not my decision. So if someone wants to bring me to their city, then they can. Um, it's pretty easy. All you have to do is pay for the flight and the venue and get some guys, and I will gladly show up. Okay. Flight, venue, people to show up. And that's not a ton because you use some various social networking sites that, mm-hmm. that we strongly recommend for this type of uh, activity if you're looking for it, which it's much more common. In addition to chatting with you, I am chatting with some people that try and throw more, I would call them more amateur versions of yours because, you know, three or four guys, maybe two or three. No shame in that game to yeah, start. No shame. Yeah. And I'm long on the record uh, for orgies recommending because I went to an orgy that essentially it was about a four to one ratio of guys to girls. And it's the best orgy I've attended from that ratio perspective, I thought, because it normally takes about four guys to really please a woman anyway, let alone if you're trying to. Well, what's your orgy take? Would you recommend what's your perfect ratio? Amateur versus professional. We'll do both. Well, for me, so I'm I'm very selfish when it comes to dick. Um, so that's why I don't really let other women come to my events. I've done a few events with two women, um, but I do very large events. And so it's very hard to get a woman who would be on board to have sex with 50 guys, which is my next step. Um, so I've worked up a few women. I don't know the term worked up, but. Coached up, yeah. trained up. I, I mean, I've it. trained them. I've gone slow with them. And then over time, they haven't worked out, so it's gotten a little frustrating for me in that aspect. But so for me personally, the more guys I have around me, the happier I am. Um, I just feel comfortable surrounded by cock. So (laughs) that's um, but I mean, there are other women who would be like three is enough. So it just depends on the woman. Three is I I'll give you that. Okay, so users pleasure in terms of. Um, my thought would be it would be a, difficult to manage more than like six. 
I'd say the perfect thing would be five. So all your holes are filled, and then if you can master it, both your hands are too. And there's a okay, master it indeed, because there's yeah. a lot of logistics required. <laughs> yes. Malcolm Gladwell says you need 10,000 hours to get great at anything, and people have just bastardized that, and I'm doing it again here. How many hours do you think you have of orgies? Oh, I have a lot. Of gangbang, excuse me. I mean, normally a gangbang lasts uh, up to four hours, and I've done 29 of them so at this point in the last three years. so. And I do not have the mental capacity to even remotely <laughs> do that math, but... Su suffice it to say a lot more hours doing bang gangbangs than most people. Yeah, I would say. And we just interviewed someone. She puts together women's erotica. And one of the stories was a gangbang. And it was mostly because it felt like it was kind of back. Like it feels like the idea is back. There's more women requesting them than ever have before. But that also might be naive. What are your thoughts? Have they always been just going on? Or are we in a gangbang renaissance? I'm sure they've always been happening. I think it's um, with a lot of the websites and how, you know, the climate's changing to being more open to that, that we are starting to see more of them, but they've always been there. Okay. Sort of like orgies then. We're, it's a contentious debate because I think we're in a slutissance. I think we're in sort of uh <laughs> I like that term. Yep. But, but there's some consternation because a lot of people would beg to differ and be like, uh, we always have been. You all just talk about it more than, than maybe you did in previous generations. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just more open to it. Um, there are especially different places in the country that are more open to it. New Zealand is not one of them. <laughs> I ended up bringing gangbangs to New Zealand. There are no really existing networks for gangbangs there. Um, and a lot of the guys, they don't like the ratio, so they want more than one woman at the event. Greedy. Um, which, you know, it's what you like. It's your preference. I'm not going to make you feel bad for your preference, but I have mine. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really it was like pulling teeth to get the numbers I wanted in, in New Zealand. I think in the largest city I went in Auckland, I set one up and I could only pull like 15 guys. So... 15 is not no guys, though. That is, no. there's clearly a supply-demand issue. In a city of a million people, you would think I would get more than 15 men. That's interesting. Okay, are you finding a similar, because now I definitely want to ask you across cultures, okay? New Zealand, a little less into it, which is surprising. But U.S.-wise, is it state-consistent, or are you finding, like, certain parts, um, Ohio or Portland or Denver, are certain parts more kinky? Um, I, like I said, I thought Portland was going to be the place to break my record because I had 85 guys RSVP'd to my gangbang in Portland. But sadly, only 15 showed up. They talk a big game in Portland. They must. They talk um, a lot about the strip club ratio. They talk they, a big game. They have a lot of strip clubs there. Um, and they have a lot of good adult theaters. I got to um, explore some glory holes while I was there, which was fun. But, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about you. You have <laughs> okay. a variety of sexual interests that makes you disposed to this. You enjoy come play. It sounds like glory holes. Mm -hmm. So this was something you saw. Describe now what it's like for, for the gangbang tonight. What will sort of your excitement be like right as it starts? Is it still there? Is it a little bit more? This is maybe another show like? How do you... 
Uh, no, it's always fun. Um, I always get nervous before events, even though I've done 29 of them, I still get nervous um, because I'm pushing my body. You know, I'm having to meet new people and put myself out there and perform at a certain level because I, I have a high standard for myself. So I always want to perform well. Um, and so how it starts off is I have to get them all hard. So I don't have any fluffers. I don't have anyone who helps with any of that. I I can attest. Um, There's no one else here. Um, so I, you know, I just go from dick to dick getting them all hard. And then we just do multiple positions. I usually try to get some DPs in there. Not always successful, but DP is, is hard to do. So a lot of logistics involved in that. Um, we threw a DP party in season one. A lot of logistics. There is. Yeah. I've mastered the side DP. I did one and Ooh. it was really cool. <laughs> I was really happy I could do the side DP. It's all um, determined by dick length. So if you have really long dicks, you can do like any DP. And dick length has to be a, it has to be a <laughs> uniting factor in terms of how, what you've seen at different parties, but does it help to have, we get this question a lot. Should people be concerned about their size for these types of parties? Um, I'm never concerned about a guy's size. You know, um, as long as you come on my face, I'm I'm happy. Um, Especially if you come fast. <laughs> it turns yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. If you come fast and it's a lot, I'm in super white. I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> that's what I like. But uh, no, really, there's no dick length requirement for any of my events. Um, for double penetration, you kind of have to have longer dicks, though. It's just a matter of the fact is you're going in one hole and he's going in the other and you kind of have to have long enough dicks to do that so and the flexibility to get in that position yes um yeah but i'll, <laughs> I'll also throw a challenge your way the standing dp just keep it in the back burner <laughs> i've i've tried it a few times um yeah i've had guys pick me up a few times but i have yet to do the standing one okay i want to though that would be awesome so you do you do you climax during these? Is there orgasm components related to this, or is it more of an adrenaline rush? Um, it's a little of both. So it's harder for me to come during a gangbang because my mind is all over the place. So when I have like five to ten dicks around me, I'm focused on so many other things besides coming because coming is all mental. It's in your head, and so mentally, I can't really get to that spot. Um, sometimes I do during double penetration or like being fucked in the ass, um, really makes me come easily, but it just depends. Uh, but normally during event, I don't come as often as you would think. Okay. I, I can't, t so I did a nude story to, I do, I'm a comedian by trade, um, is how I got into this. And I did a naked storytelling show where I was doing nude comedy and it was like, Am I going to be more worried about my nudity and that interaction, or am I still just going to be worried about performing and the jokes? And I was mostly just still nervous about performing and the jokes. Do you kind of consider yourself giving people an experience then when you're doing these? Because you said performance. Like, you, you want to... Yeah, so I'm thinking about a lot of other things, like tightening my pussy or keeping my mouth open or, like, deep-throating a guy. Like, my mindset is focused on the other person's pleasure so much in an event that I can't think about my own. And then sometimes it's just, I'm just overloaded and I end up like squirting or whatever, but you know, it just depends on the event. That is a good, that's a good sales pitch to people. Cause they're like, well now I have to arrive cause I might be at the squirting one. So yeah, you might. Sometimes one. I just happen to do it. 
spontaneous <laughs> mid gangbang so, yeah i've soaked a few sheets <laughs> you can find more of ray ray all of her links in the description of the episode now back to cr we're all here for it we're here for it well i have to steer you towards our our topic of the day because otherwise you and i will get distracted and spend about 41 minutes talking about the jordan documentary you are the man <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy. Okay, yeah, go ahead. All right, let's go. You are the man I want to talk to you about hosting gangbangs. I I have been doing my research. There's not a lot of people that have been doing it a while. There's not a lot of people that have been doing it successfully. There's not a lot of people that can offer kind of the variety that the Dark Spartans offer and I'm talking as a fan and an enthusiast for research purposes, by the way. I just want to make that known. I mean, if it blended into pleasure, but talk to us a little bit about where this group comes from, how you're able to do this, what your process is. Talk to us about the group, sir. Okay. Um, well, the, the Dark Spartans, Wilmington Dowd Gentlemen's Club, actually um, didn't start off as that. Um, we started off as a fraternity, um, a black fraternity, um, way back in the day, so we're talking um, 2003 is when we were established, and we just um, used to have fucking just parties, you know. Um, we would have just like regular parties, and they would always turn out to be orgies. Is this <laughs> would girls just know? Would the guys just know? Would everybody just know? What do you mean? How did that happen? Because I love this story. I, you, it's I an organic, interesting it, story. I think um, a lot of alcohol and ecstasy um, told us that, hey, you guys are going <laughs> going to be um, really yeah. horny here soon. Now, you know, it, it was a party. Parties back in, yeah, we're talking yeah. 2002 parties. So, you know, um, <laughs> College sometimes got out of control, you know. Um, no, well, okay, but as it starts, it sounds like it starts, and we 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 have the retrospect power of knowing it it grows, but people obviously enjoyed it as it started in college. Not okay, just, so so we're talking that yeah, that's the base of the stew, like of like. Wild parties, wild parties um, with a lot of hung, intelligent gentlemen, um, you know, um, and just that whole mixture of, of things. And this is like the, the beginning of the Dark Spartans, this is the birth. Start off with just fucking insane parties. That's, that's the best way I can describe them. Um, Van Wilder-like parties. And then they got popular. Um, people started talking about them amongst other fraternities and female frats started getting in on them, um, offering up some of their uh, pledges, which was really fun. Um, sure. It's, it's it, difficult not to be intrigued as you explain it. And when you say people started to know, did you all guide it towards a sexual place? Did you have an ability to do this? Was it? It, it automatically, it, it kind of automatically did it. It kind of automatically started, the, the ladies started like talking, 
like fraternity females. Um, okay, there's a there's um, a fraternity. I almost told on our fifth man. There's a fraternity of um, hung um, guys that know how to party and you know da 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 and you know they mm-hmm. they 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 kind of spread the word. So it started kind of getting around and. You know, we we knew it, and and we didn't deny it. We kind of just started, just like because we were, it, for us, it was more about the 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 hunt and and kill. You know, we were we were young then, so it was like young Spartan loins. Fuck the shit out of these bitches and conquer, conquer all the pussy we can, uh, pillage and plunder. That's what we used to say. <laughs> back then um no bro uh, yeah that's 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 it you know um and it, it kind of preceded us the, the the ladies kind of put the legend in um and then the the light came on um with this uh bachelor party um that this um very I was going to ask, because so far it sounds like orgies. So far it kind of sounds like, well, drunkenly in college, we would just kind of keep it communal, which is not that. Okay, but but, but even within that, even within that, you're talking about hotel takeovers, bro, uh, Marriott takeovers, where we took over whole hotel wing, like brought out every um, room in that corridor and literally had security up and, and literally you can bounce from one room to the next, like a pinball with a dick. <laughs> Just ding, ding, ding. Is, and there were the ladies. And, that's the American yeah. we promised. <laughs> that's it. No, I'm sorry. Go on. You you were at a point and I, this is midstream. That's fantastic. Okay. So you already noticed. <laughs> now, as the CEO, you must notice you have a group that's kind of interested in this, and you must notice now there's becoming a market, which is your skill. Okay, yeah, and then I saw that back then. So, like back then, we we, we like it, it kind of clicked on when we got um, offered um, to do a um, bachelorette party um, for a female, and uh, this guy coughed up a lot of money. You know, and, and she wasn't young. You know, she was hot, mind you. But, you know, we were still kind of young. And, you know, she wanted at least five. So, you know, it was not a a, 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 a huge party um, or a huge event. It was more of a consolidated gangbang. And um, we were like, what? Like, there, there, there's like somewhat of a market for this is a market for gangbangs, really. Um, and, and that's kind of how it started. It's kind of how it, 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 it spent out because, um, looking into it, there, there actually kind of, uh, was a market for quality, um, professional men, you know, it's, it's not just about being hung or, you know, having stamina and being a bull because there's actually a lot of guys that are bulls and, and, you know, you don't have to have like super fucking big dicks to make a woman squirt across the room. You know, um, it's, it's about precision and in, in, in your, in your skill on how you swing your sword. But at the end of the day, um, it's about chivalry. 
and 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 knowing how to quarter lady and make those pins drop. So, well, and this gets into my question: How do you build a group that you trust? Because I'll I'll go ahead and skip ahead for some of the listeners. You grow from a group that people kind of recruit you to, and it sounds like you almost accidentally stumbled into this this bang territory into a place where it's like oh this is something we can do and this is a common question we get how do you start to build a group that you trust you can recreate that type of energy and fun with um like with any kind of establishment it's about setting the tone um setting the language um our parties because the central core of the parties uh, is still there because like the, the mad scientist um, that started it all is kind of still there. It's me. So I'm still there kind of tinkering and still fueling these, these events. And I have a lot of these. Um, We're going to get to running of the bulls and some of the events coming up yeah. for sure in the CEO magic. And that's why, I mean, that's why you're the source here. It's yeah. how it, do it, you, because it genetics. seems, it, I was just going to say, it seems a little bit like something you're gifted with. It does seem yeah. a little bit like you're able to be like, look, I screen the guys. I can kind of tell through experience and intuition if they're interested in being a part of this group. Because you provide multiple types of events. Do you, I mean, I'm hitting you with like multiple questions on top, but. Should we talk members or the types of events you create first? I mean, as the expert, let's talk. Let's talk members. Um, I'll I'll stay on page a little bit. Um, no, let's talk members. Um, these, these gentlemen come to us. Um, they come to us through, through certain channels. Um, now that we are more, now that we are more public, I wouldn't say that we are a totally public because you still have to go through the the, the ropes. Of, of registration um but it's still there and, and we've we've lightened up somewhat um on some of the restrictions to become a, a dark spartan um but at the end of the day it's it, it, it's it's still there on um, the still the protocols and one of the main protocols um that we absolutely demand is um annual testing um, and that's STD screening, um, full panel, man. There's a lot of creepy crawlies out there. And, um, you know, we, we, we absolutely um, have to be conscious of that. I'll, I'll actually give you a shout out here. When I contacted you about interviews, you also kind of assumed I was just contacting about the events. You were like, hey, you need to have been tested in the last three months. And so <laughs> I'll, I'll give you like a huge Sorry, shout bro. out. No, I, I was impressed. I was like, you're you're saying yearly testing. That's not what I got. When when I reached out to you, you were like, look, if you'd like to come to an event, you need to be tested in the last 90 days. I was like, oh, damn. This guy's on so, fire. <laughs> so, sorry, bro. Sorry. I, no, no. I, you're, I, I, wasn't, you're, I wasn't aware. You're right, I, though. I, you know, I have to, it's good I instincts. understand the nature of the business of, of what you were calling. No, bro, That's but that's 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 the way it is. And, I, I mean, you know, and it has to be that way. Um, that's one of the, the things that makes the Spartans popular um, is that um, – when we're talking a gangbang experience, a lot of um, the ladies that enjoy these 
experiences. They want to experience it. They want it fucking no holds bars. Um, they want to feel raw. They want no dick. condom. They want a no yeah, condom raw experience. Dick. Raw yeah. man power dick. Just raw power, raw dick. They want to come and see Buddha flipping pancakes with Darth Vader, man. Like, and I uh, wish there was a better way to explain it, but this tra- this is transcendental. You're right. I mean, there there becomes a certain raw requisite, and not everyone feels that way. Like, but a lot of people do feel that way. So it's a okay. diff, it's a it's something, but it is something you accommodate. But I've noticed it's also only something you accommodate with a lot of rules. I'm going to say the women that we have had the pleasure of pillaging. Um, they they wanted it savage. They wanted it. Um, that's the best way I can describe it, bro. Savage. Um, they they're dark Spartan women, and you know they come with it. Oh, uh, so you know. Mm-hmm. If you're looking, if you're looking to be impaled by dick in every hole, naturally, you have an a, a, a sexual appetite that. Um, it, it is pretty, it's pretty formidable. And we have encountered women, um, that we have, uh, banged literally for hours, like hours, like they have cried on the dick and, and, you know, in the editing, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, you the, the husband will go and say, honey, are you okay? And she got fucking tears and slobber and shit fucking pouring out her fucking face. Like somebody just doused her with a bucket. And she looks at him and pops the dick out of her mouth and goes, Oh honey, I'm 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 fine. I'm I I can't believe I'm you know, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I'm experiencing it. So <laughs> it's like There's the yeah. thing here. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> Finally to help us finish this episode and I am so upset because I don't want to back to Dr. David Lay. How do you broach this subject with yourself first and then with others if this is something you you think you want versus you think is a fantasy that you're just entertaining? The conversation I recommend people have with themselves is how do I feel about my sexual fantasies? How do they make me feel? Do I think those sexual fantasies mean anything? Do they say anything about who I am as a person? Um, And particularly, is it bringing up feelings of shame? And if it's bringing up feeling, you know, you mentioned how um, there are so many people who are very, very strongly kind of concerned about this and yet really want to have it. That is the way this works. The more shame and taboo this fantasy is, the more exciting and powerful it is. One of the things that I'm sure you noticed is that many of these gangbang fantasies um, are driven by uh, interracial kind of uh, issues with you know cross-cultural, cross-racial. What's interesting is if you look in different countries around the world, in many countries, you know, the gangbang by black men is is a significant feature. But in Europe, we're now seeing um, a rise in uh, 
gangbang with Arabic men or with Turkish men where um, those that ethnicity is now rising up in terms of creating some conflict, creating some psychological kind of cultural conflict that feeds the arousal. It feeds the excitement. It makes it more stimulating when you're doing something naughty. And, you know, doing something naughty, not just with a bunch of guys, because then you're, wow, she's really a bad girl if she's with a bunch of guys, but she's with a bunch of guys that you're not supposed to be sexual with. And that is even more arousing and exciting. So I encourage people to dive into that in themselves. What do I think about this fantasy that I have? And to do that conversation with yourself when you're not turned on. Don't have that conversation with yourself when you're masturbating, um, but have that conversation with yourself when you can when you can be kind of calm and collected and examine those issues. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Mississippi. Um, can we imagine that there are probably more kind of interracial gangbangs in those sorts of Bible Belt states where there is much more stigma and shame around interracial relationships, around slut shaming? And let's what I'm interested in is, you know, exploring what happens if you take some of that shame away. Does the sex stop being as exciting or do we get to have it and then not feel shitty afterwards? <laughs> How do you sort of combat that feeling of shame? <clears throat> um that is kind of the million dollar question right yeah. now. Um the uh one of the big ways that I do it is working with people around their values and working with help, helping them to understand um, where the shame is coming from. Because, for instance, you know, and, and over the past couple of weeks, we've been seeing the, you know, the huge uh, national sensation around Black Lives Matter and really confronting the history of racism. Many of us were raised with racist values. Many of us were raised in families and communities where racism was just sort of accepted. But most of us no longer endorse or, or allow that. How did that change? Just because we were raised with those ideas doesn't mean they can't change. When we look at our ideas about sex, the ones that make us feel ashamed, we start to examine and understand where they come came from, and then we get to question, do I still believe that? The same way we are now questioning our racist beliefs that we were raised with, we now get to choose, do I still endorse that? Do I want to let that be part of me? I, you know, I was thinking about this this episode and this conversation with you guys, and I was remembering a, um, a woman that came to me a few years ago who, uh, amongst other issues, she was concerned that she was addicted to gangbangs. And she she felt like um, uh, she couldn't say no to a gangbang. She really, really loved it. But she knew if she got exposed, she was a, a fairly prominent, actually, Republican politician. And she knew if she got exposed doing these gangbangs that she would lose her job. But she couldn't really say no. 
And so rather than me telling her, don't do gangbangs, you shouldn't do gangbangs, we talked about what she got out of it. And she had been raised in a really conservative family. She had never been taught that women were allowed to be sexual or assertive or beautiful. Um, uh, and she found out that not only could she be very sexual, she was really, really good at it. And she loved the feeling of – being dominant over multiple men, being able to say to guy after guy after guy, yeah, I want you, I want you, I want you, to be the center of attention and to, to kind of drain these men and walk away um, and, empowered. So rather than trying to stop her having gangbangs, because I didn't care if she had gangbangs. I didn't want her to lose her job and be shamed about it. Instead, we started focusing on helping her to get those feelings other places in her life. And we helped her to now start to um, accept those aspects of herself, her femininity, her sexuality, her confidence, her assertiveness, and to express them other places in her life so that she she wasn't dependent on the gangbang as the only place where she could feel good about herself. Um, we ended up in a place where now she could have a gangbang if she wanted to, but if she didn't, she didn't feel like she was missing out on feeling good about herself. Want more of each interview? Great. I'll be releasing the entirety of each conversation in the coming weeks. They're all too great not to share, not to share every part. But this episode started with a quest. That article, the consideration, do I want to be gangbanged? Do I want to be a part of one? After a thoughtful amount of research, I don't think this will shock anyone that, yeah, I can think of multiple scenarios, fantasies, and mixed human interactions. This by guy can't stop imagining, but it's also scary. Maybe like anything we were told was naughty. That's what makes it great. I'll make you this promise, Orgy Story audience. When I do participate as either a bangee or banger, I'll share the story. Thank you to Ray Ray at Rockborn All Star or Ray of Sunshine 529. Ray Ray Live. To CR Mills at Erotics with an X, EliteStudios.net. The Dark Spartans. Check out the Dark Spartans. Dr. David Lay at Dr. David Lay on Twitter. David Lay PhD on Instagram. To Slut Lessons, slutlessons.wordpress.com 2013. You can Google it. To Word Rocket on YouTube. To the Pornhub Results article. And to our sex friend interviews. Thank you so much. This has been Orgy Story.